I talk about dicks so much on this shit. What the fuck? When I told the Rodeo Books crew I wanted to have author D. Nam Cole on, they asked, You mean the gay porn author? After about 17 to 20 seconds of giggling like a 45-year-old male just weeks away from his first colonoscopy and all the hijinks he plans on having, I said, that's Dean Cole with no M. I'm talking about sci-fi author Dean M. Cole, you silly gooses. We all then enjoyed an additional 9 to 12 seconds of chuckling, followed by a serious inquiry about what that M could stand for. So without further ado... It supplies great warmth in my unmentionables to present to you, Dean M. Cole. Enjoy. Hello. How are you? <laughs> For those who can't see, there is a talking bag of Funyuns up on the screen. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't ever have told me, don't do any visual gags because they won't work. In the For, All I heard was blah, 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 blah. Use visual gags. Because <laughs> you're a goddamn man child is what you are. I am guilty as charged. I was thinking about it in the car today. I was like, you know, we don't we don't talk all the time, but whenever we do, it's just the continuation of one long ass conversation that we've been having for however many years now. Oh yeah, we're regularly screwing with each other. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whether it's a quick text during the day or oh, yeah. you know, like, hey, I you saw a picture of a small penis today. <laughs> Made me think of you. <laughs> <laughs> you send nice shit. I saw this blue heron today. I wanted to send it to you. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I saw a little tiny man with a little tiny penis, and that made me think of you, my brother. Have a wonderful Christmas. You don't know. <laughs> don't tell my wife that. <laughs> well, hey, look, that, that brings me to a question, actually. How did, how did we meet? How did we hook up? I reached out to you on Twitter. Um, I was working on the first draft of Solitude, and, uh-huh. um, and I just finished up um, the first two books of Hector 64, and I got cocky and said, you know, I'm going to reach out to R.C. Bray because I'd recently listened to The Martian. I was like, you know, I'm writing this story that's kind of like The Martian meets blah, 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 you know, the whole thing. And I was like, you know what? R.C. Bray would be perfect for this. I mean, it'll never happen, but what the hell? I'll reach out to him on Twitter. And I, so I sent you a, a DM on Twitter. And a few, after a few days, you hadn't responded. I was like, well, it was worth a try. What the hell? And then all of a sudden, I get this message from you. And you're like, Dean, I checked out your books. And I really like your writing. He said, what's this new story about? And I was like, well, it's Martian meets Sandra Bullock's gravity and the last man on earth discovers the last woman stranded on the space station with no way down. And you were like, boom, that sounds awesome. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you sound just like me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of look like you, too, you know, except the skinnier version, of course. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, because I was thinking about, I was like, did someone introduce us? Did we just... Like, I don't know. It just kind of, you know what I mean? This is kind of like one of those things that's always kind of been there. Yeah. No, like, just, oh, yeah, no. Diamond yeah, thing. Like when I happened to work at well, the right time. Yeah. Like I started audiobooks and not too long later, I was doing books for you. And that's just, just how it's been. Yeah. God bless you. So let's see. Oh. What do you think we should talk? I want people to get to know you, Dean. I realized that the first three episodes I've done, I always wanted to do a podcast, but it was more like, um, you know, aspiring authors write in and I'll have another narrator on and we'll just read you shit and it'll be fun. Yeah. But I never really thought about like being the host, <laughs> you know, asking questions, telling stories, all that kind of crap. Well, you've been screwing it up for like three weeks. So 
hopefully you'll learn it. Yeah, eventually. no, I know. And I, I don't want to screw it up for you. No, honestly, for the hack that you are, I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> this is, this is true. <laughs> well, fuck it. I figure if I can hack my way through your books, I'll fucking hack oh, yeah. my way through this podcast. Hey, you know, that's saying a lot, especially with what I put you through. You were driving me insane oh. with these fucking accents. Oh, you fucking I see the Australian. <laughs> I, I can't do them at all, but uh, let me give it a hack here. I see. To the Australian accent right there before you get to the so, I can't do it. That's what that's your job. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I want these guys from there. Fuck him if you get to <laughs> No, I I had done, I think I had done one other book years ago where there was a, a Scottish guy and Australian talking. And there's such a there's I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, a tongue thrust or something that changes. In my mouth, you know what I mean. You 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 do a lot of work in my mouth. You make me do work my mouth is what I'm saying, and and it's so bizarre. Like I can't. It's people always ask, do you go like right into you know the conversation back and forth with this one? Rarely did that happen, especially when you throw in a South African. No, you I are. hate doing that. I love the accent. I love it, but I can't do it for the life of me. So you got the three of them fucking talking, and it's like kill them off do you know oh i i won't say that <laughs> yeah no spoilers but, here yeah no spoilers i think really did something just <laughs> yeah somebody dies you don't know who <laughs> you will know in the outtakes though oh, did i leave that in oh, i don't know but the outtakes were fucking hilarious <laughs> holy shit dude you guys are gonna love them <laughs> i think you got like two and a half minutes of oh, them and yeah. that's that's Good. I don't usually, and I didn't. Oh, I'm sure sometimes there was actually there, like an hour of them. Oh, there were tons of them, but I don't save all <laughs> yeah. of them because some of them are boring. They're just fuck ups. But like, if there's a line that I keep can't say over and over and over again, Sacre Blue, or <laughs> oh fucking Sacre Blue, <laughs> and that's just a fucking French. I mean, <laughs> that's really how I feel about when I. It's not French. French is an awesome language. When I speak it, it sounds like someone shitting on a turtle whatever the fuck that means but that's what i thought of just <laughs> sounds like an old texan fucking <laughs> saying so, so. <laughs> but yeah but so thanks for that lots of fun asshole and uh so well wait so before before oh yeah congratulations you book out multiverse space by dean m cole performed by urca bray Explain this because I don't even fucking know if I can explain the, for the for for your diehard readers and listeners. Explain why you went from dimension space to multiverse space. Go ahead. All right. So the idea was that solitude, the whole dimension space, could have done been done and was done basically by two narrators, and it it was a two part play. And it started to get more complicated in amplitude. But then we, when we go into this story, now it's, it's worldwide. We've got a lot of people. And it also shifted from a Martian-type show to World War III. It's, uh, it's gone totally into military science fiction now. And I didn't want military science fiction fans to have to wade through the first three stories. Not that you, not that it's a trudge or anything like that it should be fun mm -hmm. but i wanted to give them an opportunity to jump into the series right here and so i wrote the story such that you can you can you don't have to have foreknowledge it will help it'll fill in and my 
my plan for world domination is that they'll love this story so much that they'll keep going into this story and they'll go back and read my first trilogy in this in the universe. So that's my evil plot. That's a good plot. I personally, I I would listen to the first three just because uh, Julia's on there. But uh, but it's also it's a great story. It it. it that was a good explanation. And I will, what I can say to keep it, uh, you know, vanilla as well, without spoiling anything is this time you took a left, uh, and you, you had, you were driving a bus with kids in it and you fucking just threw the thing off a fucking cliff and said, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and that is right what I was going for. <laughs> You're going to be a little surprised the listeners and, and, and readers when you get to it, you're like, Oh shit, where the fuck is he going now? So that's what I loved about solitude. That's what I love about magnitude. It's just, they just say, look, nope, you have no idea where I'm going. So bravo, bravo. Thank you, sir. Are you, what about, what's the next one? Are you still, you're working oh, on yeah. it? Actually, I know the next two titles. And that might be all. Have Let's you see. written the next one? I'm already 70,000 words into the next one. Yeah. All right. And it's Fucking kick ass. It is fun. Oh, I'm okay. enjoying the hell out of this story. Good. I mean, yeah, be humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just like sitting there eating the popcorn and somebody else writes it. I'm like looking, watching as my fingers do their own thing with their own mind. I don't know how this shit happens. It just writes itself. <laughs> shit, eating the funions, what you do. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Let me ask you a question. This is a very important question now that the funions came up. Have you tried the funion flavored potato chips they came out with? Oh, no. Did you see that shit? No, I, I, what the heard fuck it, is the point of that? It's like, why? Why, why, why? I don't know. That's like having, fuck, I, I, I can't even come up with anything good. It's that you stupid. can't uh, improve on perfection. <laughs> yeah. here. I know your audio fans will love this thing. I, I fucking hate that shit. I hate it. All this ASMR shit, whatever the fuck that is, I want to punch people in the fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look at you now. I'm just going to lean back and chew a little quieter. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay that you do it, but God, I don't, I fucking don't get that. Ah, oh, it's some kind of, um, it's not a phobia, but a strong mm -hmm. fucking dislike of like mouth sounds and chewing. Masticating like, or something. No, not masticate. It's like a myophilosia. I, you know what I mean? It has like a fucking name, mm -hmm. whatever. But I definitely have it. Like, I literally, my back contorts if I, oh, and I have to leave the room. And it, <laughs> Hope's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> anyway, let's move this forward before I end this. <laughs> also, um, my wife, Hope, will watch big brother the show and they will have these things where they're talking quietly to each other mm -hmm. but they're they're really whispering and, and i'm like oh my oh god and i have to leave the room. i cannot stand it's it enough. i want to punch something and i, I and they're like where are you going i'm like i, 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 I can't <laughs> enough enough and seriously enough and there was a point because <laughs> i I'm, I'm gonna get so much trouble just for talking about this but who gives a shit um, <laughs> she, she will like, if we're in the car, my wife, she'll, she has a little makeup bag, you know, she gets ready when we go out or go see whoever. And it's this, the clicking and clunking of the makeup bottles and plastic things in there. And I'm just like, Oh my God. 
And she swears it's because I'm I I hate her. I hate her. It's not the sound. <laughs> I can't stand that she does it. But it's not that. Yeah. So anyway, fucking sounds. I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I think my first divorce came because I would um, when I was eating cereal, the spoon would hit my teeth every once in a while, and that drove her batshit crazy. Accidentally, or you would just well, like? Of course, like, it was a short drive, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like your. What was that? The I asked you for the um, the the blurb or whatever for the website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, He's great, whatever. But then again, I said that about my first three wives. <laughs> what what the hell do I know? <laughs> what the hell do I know? <laughs> so let me. I want to launch into what I think most people are gonna find very interesting, and um, I hope that's okay. You actually had a penis reduction. <laughs> no, that's well, yeah. Actually, my wife said she she would only marry a man with a ten inch penis and. I was like, I'm not cutting off two inches for anybody. So, <laughs> but I gave up. I gave in. What the hell? <laughs> and right there, she said, "I do." <laughs> uh, all right. So here's here's all right. This is topical, actually, because I I am curious about this because I don't understand it. Um, because I'm not I, I I love the military. I respect the shit out of everyone who's in it. And you yourself were in the Air Force for a long time. Army. Army aviation, but who's... Oh, I thought it was Air Force. Yeah, Army aviation, flew Apaches. Why did I think you were in the fucking Air Force? Just because jack of all trades. It's an easy assumption to make, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. You're a utility man. (laughs) (laughs) Master of none. (laughs) We need a Marine. Well, Dean's not doing anything. He could probably Uh, jump in. Uh, all right. Well, so then you're, what were you in? You were army, army what? aviation this is the first, of two, two, seven, the first cavalry division out of Fort hood. I'm sorry. Can you say that again without all the rum sloshing <laughs> in your fucking words? <laughs> she, the young whippersnappers got no respect. <laughs> so, no, I don't. So, <laughs> say it again. Slow. First. Cavalry. <laughs> That's fucking slow. I was in the 1st Cavalry Division, 1st of 227th Aviation Regiment. I think I was okay. in Sea Troop. It's been a while that I've had a drink and slept and had a beer since then. But, um, um, but yeah, it was either C, yeah, Sea Troop. Guns, it was um, Vampire Flight. And um, before that, it was in 6th Cavalry Brigade out of Fort Hood as well. And that was the Gunslingers. And you'll hear both of those names in... Um, I, bet, I think they're both in Sector 64. I, I incorporated the names of the squadrons in that unit into that book, but uh, on that series. But um, <sighs> I digress. Oh, what what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, I think he's getting lost. Yeah. Let's see what he's <laughs> going off in the weeds. I was going down memory lane, and all of a sudden, everything. No, went. no, that was my my question. I was saying it's kind of topical because I, I'm curious because. Uh, Colin Powell, obviously he just passed away and yeah. what, like what, I don't want to say what's your relation to him, but how did that, cause he was, he was the general during desert storm, right? And yeah. that's what you were yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. He was, uh, well, I think he was, uh, chief of joint chiefs or something at that time. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then Norman Schwarzkopf, oh, yeah, Schwarzkopf was, yeah. was the theater, um, general. Right. Okay. And then, um, yeah, that was an interesting time. We had, um. A lot of interesting engagements. It was for the most part, there wasn't a lot. This is Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and uh, oh, 
we didn't have a lot of really tough engagements. There was one day that was pretty interesting. We had um, you know, the whole first of 227, the whole squadron of, I want to say, 18 Apaches, three troops of six each. Um, we were going up against the western, um, just west of Kuwait, attacking the um, the Republican guards that were entrenched there, mm. just in the west west of the Wadi that runs along the west side of Kuwait. And they were using us as a feint. We were going to go up and engage them, and make them make the Iraqis think that, that was the the main attack. But at the same time, the Big Red One first. First, first infantry division, big red one, was going doing an end around. They, um, they, they went in and attacked from the northwest. But or while we're doing that, basically, it's just kind of make them look the wrong way. But it got pretty hot and heavy there. We had a friend of ours, uh, one of our um, aircraft got shot down, and we ended up getting out of there on the, one of the wings of the Apache, and because we were about, we were deep into enemy territory. And so we evacuated them. Um, we didn't think they were alive. When they when, when that dust settled, there was nothing left of that helicopter, and they were still shooting at everybody. And um, But we got them out of there. One of my wingmen landed next to them. We gave them cover and fire. And uh, then we headed back to friendly territory. They literally rode strapped to the outside of the Apaches. There's, there's handholds on there, and we were all wearing carabiners. You could clip mm-hmm. on, and they clipped on left wing, right wing just making sure you don't get sucked, anything sucked into the engine intake because it's yeah. right behind you. And so we um, we got them out of there. Everybody survived. They were, you know, dinged up pretty bad. There was nothing left of the helicopter. Um, mm. But when we got back, this is a funny story, and it, I don't know why I went off on this tangent, but it, uh, it kind of ties into how I got into writing a little bit because when we got back, one of the guys that uh, I w- uh, used to fly with, Rob Johnson, he ended up going – to the Navy test pilot program. And he's, I, I tapped into him a little bit for some of the characters in, in this, in my books, uh, because he, he went to the Navy test pilot program and then he went to become a, he became an ass, an ass can astronaut candidate. Oh, okay. And I live right by NASA. And one day I was mm. at this pub standing at a urinal, taking a leak. <laughs> and and I see somebody in my peripheral vision walk by me. And I look over and I see this guy with a white patch in the back of his head. It's like, how many people do you see a white patch of hair in the back of their head? And I was like, Johnston. And he turns around and he goes, holy shit, Dean. I'm like, I'll be right with you. <laughs> <laughs> so we caught up. Well, he tells me that um, we, 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 this is the first time we've seen each other in like 10 years. This is 2001 mm-hmm. before 9-11. And He's been and we catch up, we're talking, and he's been going through the astronaut program. And he was from West Hollywood. Well, when we, he was the in the helicopter that actually picked the guys up, that got shot down. And um, so he he and Ed Sandlin uh, picked those guys up. They're carrying them back friendly territory. And so Rob Johnston is telling this story to this uh, Girl Scout troop that had adopted us when we were in Desert Storm. Them and their families came and said, hey, would you tell us what all you went through? And and they had been sending us like the care packages and stuff like that mm. when we were there. And there was a, play, uh, a screenplay writer was in the audience. And as he, when he heard the story about these guys getting shot down behind enemy lines and how they got picked up by another helicopter, he started thinking about writing a story about someone getting shot down behind enemy lines. And he wrote a whole screenplay. and. <clears throat> It's called Courage Under Fire, starring Denzel Washington and Meg Ryan. And seeing that, somebody take something, that little kernel, and turn it into this whole textured story 
Um, it really had nothing to do with what we went through. Gave, it really right. motivated me, though, to, to see that there's so much more that you can develop on a story from just one little yeah. idea. Well, that's where it comes inspired by a true story. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> so, but uh, what? interestingly enough, I believe uh, uh, guest number two, Lou Diamond Phillips, was also in that. Oh, that's right. He was. Yeah. There you go. I think he played you, didn't he? Oh, of course. (laughs) Almost as handsome, too. Yeah. Almost. Almost. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) That's cool, man. Yeah, I know. I asked you, I said, are you cool if we bring up, you know, you know, military stuff? You're like, yeah, it's all on the table. (laughs) And then you mentioned the thing about, you know, they, you you rescued them. They went off on your wing. I'm like, hold the, what? (laughs) (laughs) Then all of a sudden I I told Hope and she's like, really? I got to hear this. I was like, I know. I know a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I was just one of the also rans. I was just out there shooting the shit and trying yeah. and trying to sink. I tell you what, when the shit starts hitting the fan, when bullets are shooting yeah. and coming at you and you're seeing shit blow up all around you, I was still doing my job, but I was in an armored seat. And it's right. kind of like the seat I'm sitting in now. And I tell you what, I went from sitting like this. Next thing you know, I'm like, okay, I can still do my job right here. There's a lot more armor plating down here. <laughs> Jesus, man. I can't even find. I, I, I'm not saying this to make you feel old, um, even though it really, it's kind of funny. But it's actually January 17th, uh, 91, I think, right, is when, uh, oh, it's when it started. 30 years. Man. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I was 15 years old. <laughs> And I remember sitting in, I remember, I think Bush talked the night before. I remember this saying, you know, we gave a line and the motherfucker stepped over it. And, you know, in his own words. And then. um, He paraphrased motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you remember how we talked. (laughs) (laughs) He, um, uh, the next day it was in the paper, you know, like, you know, we, we. The battle has been joined. I remember he said those words. Is that what it was? Yeah, he said the battle has well, been joined to the joint uh, how, uh, joint session of the Congress. Okay. And I, I just remember my, uh, she was like a social studies teacher. It wasn't really history. It was, it was in high school, but he just came in and he was just, oh, my God. Oh, you know, he was just so flabbergasted. And I remember being like, what? <laughs> I was 15. Yeah. I didn't know shit about shit. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, Desert Store? What a stupid Desert Shield. This is stupid. Why would you go with that? <laughs> but, you know, you get a little older and you're like, yeah, I was fucking stupid. I, you know, <laughs> but I mean, it's like, Jesus, you know, and you grow up and you finally, I met, a, I had a buddy of mine I went to college with who was a Marine mm-hmm. in there. And it's just like knowing you and your, your temperament and, you know, just you're, you're super laid back. You know, I don't, I don't imagine you were this chill up in the helicopter, but you know, I, I, but the, the, the Marine guy I knew he was in the theater department with me. He was just this goofy dude and just fun loving. And it's like, God, I just, I can't imagine that if I pissed him off, he could kill me. <laughs> I was just a helicopter pilot. I'd need a few thousand yards in, in a helicopter to do that. Well, yeah, but I mean, you could do it. You'd be like, just stay right there. I'm going to lift off real quick. I'm going to come back around. <laughs> just give me a chance to do that. And I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> but actually, interestingly, he was, uh, he was uh, Clive Owen's stand-in a lot oh, wow. uh, in, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was staying in the movie once he passed away. Oh, um, but, uh, yeah, he was really young too. He was probably like 40. This was a while ago, but, oh, um, so 
but it's just interesting to like later on meet the people who were doing stuff in that when I was a dumbass 15 year old kid, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, it's just, it's, it's just mind blowing that my God, shit, that's, that's real, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, oh, well, let me ask you a question actually, because this is something that I, I hear a lot and I don't, and the, the I heard like the whole, thank you for your service statement. Is that what, what would you prefer to hear? You know, is that, is that something? Oh, I've never, that, I, to be honest, I've never, I'm appreciative when I hear it, but I never yeah. expect it and it's, right. but it never, then again, it never offends me either. I, I, I hear right. some guys get like, well, I got paid. I was getting, I was a job and I did what I needed to do. And, and thing yeah. is, is I don't know. I think age gives you a little perspective and you just, you're like, well, you, when you're young, you don't appreciate as much how much you're giving up to do something. You're just doing it. And that's how it was right. at the time. Yeah. So, but I, I think I hear more of where it's coming from than, yeah. than the words. And, and from where, where it's coming from, I would never say anything, do anything but be appreciative. Because right. how, how can you not be appreciative for that sentiment? Well, you know? I, I just ask because. It's, it seems like it's almost, you know, an automatic thing you say, oh, there's, there's, you know, a veteran or thank you for your service. Like, it almost sounds like it's lost me. Yeah. Well, and it might be that, but still, I'm not, I'm never going to say anything. Right. And no, and I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. if I were to say it, it would. Well, no, if you say it, I'd be like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah, totally. Thanks for your service, Dean. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I, I I saw once uh, on, on some show, uh, and I, I think his name, he's a. He's in the House of Representatives. His name, I think it's Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. He's the guy with the iPad. Yeah, from Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go then. And he said something. He was asked, and he said, you know what? I I, I guess he was asked, like, what do you like to hear or something? He said, I, I you know, being acknowledged, kind of like you said, is, is just great anytime. But I think, you know, I personally and the guys I know would like to hear, I won't forget you. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, because I, and I thought of that, and I was at a, uh, like a summertime country, uh, uh, county fair kind of thing. And I saw a guy and he was, I think he was in Korea. You know, he had it on his hat, proud as can be. And, uh, I, I thought of that and I went up and I said, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, I won't forget you. And he seemed like extraordinarily touched by it. Kind of like he hadn't heard that before. And I was like, you know, I, I think Dan Crenshaw really hit on something there for people to think about. Yeah. Because no, that's true. But then again, in 10 years, people would be like, yeah, but that's what everybody says. Uh, yeah, I know. So everyone listening, get your own fucking phrase, okay? I got to, <laughs> Dan Crenshaw told me directly that that's what like I, I said, should say. To me, it's all about the sentiment, and it's just like okay, it's just like curse words. You can you, you put pick lipstick on a pig; it's still a pig, right? It doesn't. You can say frack or freaking. You're still saying fucking. <laughs> I don't care what you say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, cool. No, I just figured I'd ask. It just came to mind and. I didn't know if that was something that you felt any way about, but that's the thing is you're so fucking relaxed that, you know, I was trying to think of something fun to do. And I was like, you know what I could do? Dean's like real relaxed. So I think I'm going to fuck with him. <laughs> oh shit. Wait, I'm sorry. So what baby, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I came up with some random fucking questions <laughs> that have nothing to do with anything. That I thought it'd be fun just to ask Dean. And the way I phrased it is, 
I will thrust you some questions and I just want you to ejaculate your answers as fast as you can. Okay. Exactly. All right. Ready? Which Brave Fest was your favorite one? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All okay. one of them. <laughs> How many ketchup packets can you eat until you have to take a piss? 67. Okay. What's the last thing you put your dick in? <laughs> <laughs> I am not saying the first thing. I'd be like, yo, ma, I know. I, I thought that one might screw you up. I'm glad there was a pause. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, if there wasn't everybody here listening, I'd be like, yo, mama. <laughs> oh, God damn. And hopefully my dad's not on. I told you. God damn it. Um, see, but see, that was my, you know what that was? That was my little uh, homage to you by taking you. A fucking left, just like you did in solitude, like you did in magnets. Uh, I ain't mad at you. <laughs> All right, brother. You can find Dean at deanmcole.com and on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and TikTok and BookBub. You just basically look up Dean M. Cole, but I think your author, Dean M. Cole, on Facebook. Is My that Facebook right? Facebook page is author Dean M. Cole. So facebook.com slash author Dean M. Cole. Everything else is pretty much just Dean M. Cole. Dean M. Cole. Yeah, I, I got in. Right, I was cool. an early adopter. I was able to get it on everything pretty much. Good man. Good man. So fucking forward thinking. Oh, yeah. I saw That's this big freaking you. head out. What else am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking huge. All right. So <laughs> it's, it's huge. It's got its own gravitational. Well, there's planets orbiting about it. Dude, just write the words. Don't I'll say them. <laughs> Leave the accents to Bob. <laughs> All right. So that's how you can find Dean. Dean's new book, uh, Magnitude, book one in multiverse space, which is part four, or book four with the dimension space, which is three books, and then four starts with multiverse space. And it's magnitude, not multitude, and the solitude, but amplitude is in there too. It's but the what you universe. want. <laughs> yes, the Tudiverse. But what you want to get right now, and you can start it right at magnitude. You don't have to listen to Dimension Space, books one through three. It helps, but you could start right off at book book four, which is book one of both. <laughs> Clear as mud. So there's that. But there's also Sector 64, which another awesome narrator does for you. Uh, and me, I'm sorry. And um, yeah, anything else you got going on that you want to throw out there? No, nah, that's it, man. It's been a pleasure Good, hanging with I'm you. Because I'm so fucking tired of talking. <laughs> and the glare on their screen. I mean, there's only so much you can take of all this right here. Jesus, it's your voice. It's your answers. It's I can smell you for fucks. Get off! Anyway, all right. Dean M. Cole. Well, <laughs> Dean, thank you, man, for coming. It's good to see you. It's great to talk to you. And I, I appreciate you coming on. I hope you had fun. I did. <laughs> it's all, as, as always, it's been an awesome time hanging with you, Bob. There you have it, Dean M. Cole. And while I totally forgot to get to the bottom of what the M is for, I feel safe saying it stands for motherfucking, as in Dean motherfucking Cole. I think we already knew Dean's talents are as unique and rare as a kernel of lime green corn and chupacabra shit. But after spending a little more time with him, I think you'll agree that as a person, he's even rarer. And it's for that reason what I said is true. And since I don't know if you or even he heard me because he felt the need to talk over me every goddamn chance his bald ass got, I'll say it again. I would trust that man with my kids' lives. Dean, I love you, brother. Now go fuck yourself. Next up. 
author James Shanup's mom's favorite author, James Shanup. The creator of the Click Your Poison interactive series and I have a new audio game book out, and we're going to talk about it. So, yeah. Okay, until then, this is R.C. Bray saying, don't worry, your penis isn't getting smaller, your gut is getting fatter, so it just looks smaller. That's what my wife tells me anyway, and she wouldn't lie to me. <clears throat> right?